Hello, Internet, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Camera Corner Podcast. We are your Geek Slash Nerd Discussion Podcast. We normally take one topic from TV, movie, video game, book, whatever we feel like talking about that day, and we bat around until we get bored. I am, as always, your host, Patrick. With me is my co-host, Jared. Say hi, Jared. I am Master High Thrills. Okay. Come on, that's a solid pun. No, I like that. I like solid pun. I, I, I won't take that away from you. Um, today we are reviewing uh, Werewolf by Night, um, the newest newest entry into the MCU. Um, uh, is came out what? Re- it came out. Uh, well, we're we're filming this on Saturday. It came out yesterday. Yeah. Um, on on Disney Plus, uh, is a uh, TV movie um, starring uh, Jack Russell, the Werewolf by Night, or the first Werewolf by Night. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, it's uh, supposed to be their their Halloween entry. Yes, uh, their very first one. Because um, like we know that Disney Plus is going to be dabbling into more and more holiday themed episodes. Like apparently we're supposed to be getting, uh, uh, I believe, the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, holiday that's special. Supposed, that's is supposed this to be year. a Christmas special. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next year on the docket, it looked like they were going to put Marvel Zombies out uh, in October, um, but I, it might be sooner than that. I might be wrong, um, but. Uh, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see if they, uh, if they keep hitting up on... Because uh, these schedules change. Armor Wars, until just a couple of weeks ago, was going to be a series. Yeah. Um, so, without further further ado, we'll we'll jump into it. We're going to keep these together, uh, spoiler and spoiler-free, um, just because this isn't this isn't a full-on movie. No, it's, it's 55 minutes long. Yeah, and and some of that is credits. Some of that <laughs> is, is opening music number. Yeah. Um... Like uh, so, keeping keeping to keeping to form. We'll start off with the blurb. Uh, I'm pulling the blurb from uh, IMDb. If it's an IMDb blurb, yep, it's gonna say um, uh, Ulysses Bloodstone has died. Um, so a bunch of hunters gather to uh, see who inherits the Bloodstone. The funny thing is, that's, period. That's very close to the Disney Plus blurb. Uh huh. Um, the IMDb blurb is just a straight up fucking lie. <laughs> ah, damn it! That's the other thing. They're they're either like really concise and to the point of almost saying nothing, or they're lies. Yeah. Um, the IMDb blurb is uh is it's not even a sentence. Uh, follows a lycanthrope superhero who fights evil using the abilities given to him by a curse brought on by his bloodline. That's more information they give you in the in the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this was written by somebody who went on Wikipedia and just looked up Werewolf by Night. Yeah, that's that's not what the movie is. Like there, there is some tr- that I'm, nothing in here is necessarily made untrue by the movie, but that's not what this movie is about. Yes, that's funny. That's so funny. Yeah. Um. Now, uh, to clear the air for anybody who's uh, not unfamiliar with this, uh, Patrick does not do horror. Not at all. Um, but I, this I, being, I hear I hear horror and I leave. Yeah, this being as short as it was, and um, having having me personally watched it first, I figured this this could be something that Pat would uh, would sit down and watch. I didn't know if he would enjoy it. I don't. So we haven't discussed this at all. We typically don't before. Um, Pat, I am curious. Um, 
the your brief brief thoughts before we get into anything further. Um, my brief brief thoughts. Um, this really felt less like a horror. It was less like a spooky get you story. Yeah. And part of that might be because, you know, Werewolf by Night, the werewolf is, is the, the hero character, um, yeah. ostensibly. Uh, this more felt like a, more along the lines of like a more pulpy adventure, uh, you know, Monster Hunter-y style, style story. Um, I, you, I could, you know, to, to, because to, we, we talk about everything in, through the lens of a tabletop role-playing game. Um this would very easily be a one shot of of like Savage Worlds very easily, um, because that that setting do, that system does pulp very well. Um, but this was like you know old old hunters, you know, you know we we met we meet for one night to hunt the most dangerous game, blah blah blah. Yeah. Um. So given that it was pulling from a lot of stories that I do like, um, I actually wound up enjoying this. Uh, now. I enjoyed it in the same way that I enjoy like a fire firework. Right. It was like bang, ooh, okay. Um, I don't know if this is gonna stick with me a lot. Right. Um, there were there there were a few surprises, like you know, a few, few surprise cameos. Um, that we'll get into once we get into the spoiler section. Yeah. Um, but it's like for. It, it because it was on Disney Plus. If you're already paying for Disney Plus, you might as well take the hour to watch it. Right. It's not you're not losing anything by it. Um, if you if you were on the fence to get Disney Plus, is like I can't say buy Disney Plus for this. Oh, I probably wouldn't either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, like, yeah, like for but for something like Mandalorian, I could say get Disney Plus. Right. Um, I can't say that for Werewolf by Night. Okay. Um, yeah, um, we, we've kind of mentioned this a couple times before, but like, like with how the MCU has grown and this is part of its, its phase four growing pa- uh, pains the, uh, where it's the most obvious here. But, um, now that we have kind of the shows to add in as well as the movies, um, and the movies are becoming, they're, they're sticking less and less to the Marvel formula as we go on. They're still too afraid to break it. Yeah. Like, um, multiverse of madness was still not, it was Honestly, too much of a Marvel movie and not enough of a Sam Raimi movie. Something we said at the time. We still, um, we still had we still had to go up into the sky and fight a fucking beam. Yeah, um, but like, um, but that's where we're, we're, we're getting some like you know a little bit of pushback for people who you know want the ten years of the same that we've had and people that are like, hey, it's time that we can branch off because, um, uh, funnily enough, superhero as a genre isn't a genre. No. Um, it's actually just something that you can help to classify a movie by calling a superhero movie. But if if I were to ask you what were the tenets of a superhero movie, what what does it mean filmically? It doesn't mean anything. Um, like because what you think what you might think of a superhero movie uh, would only describe Marvel movies. They wouldn't even describe Dick Donner's Superman, not let alone uh, Man of Steel. Um, filmically, those are all just very different projects. Yeah. Um, like if anything, I I would say most Marvel movies are just action movies. Yeah, um, but now we've hit the point where a project can just not be for you. Uh, Pat's not watching She-Hulk because it's not wasn't for him. Same with uh, Miss Marvel. Um, well, I, I I approach it by now. The MCU is getting really close to the normal six one six Marvel universe that I read all the all the time. Yeah. So 
I'm starting to get we're starting to get characters that I I don't fucking read She Hulk. Yeah. I, I don't read Moon Knight. Uh, I I do read Daredevil. I read Thor. I read Captain America. I watch those and I enjoy them. Um, Werewolf by Night one doesn't have a book. <laughs> um, and not currently. Not currently. Hasn't had a book in like twenty years, at least. Something like that, yeah. Um, so, for, for, you know, for, so for me, he's not somebody I'm hugely invested in. Right. Um, so, you know, and then marketing it on horror is again, you know, you're, you're not, you're not speaking my language, but you are speaking definitely somebody's language. Yeah. I was intrigued for sure. Uh, for one, we all, we talked about this the other, the other week that like, um, I have werewolf by not comics. I, um, I, I. I'm not going to be like, I'm the biggest horror Marvel aficionado out there, but I will say that for your average Marvel fan, I probably am a lot more knowledgeable than the average Marvel fan is. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I was looking forward to this. I, I was very looking for, like, some of the cameos that I was absolutely delighted by. Because um, I have a history, because I have a history of that character that some people might just be like, oh, that person's in here? Well, that's got, that's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, I never thought I'd see that. And for me, I was like, oh my fucking God. And I had to pause the thing to like explain something to uh, to my wife who has only read the Werewolf by Night comics. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, because my wife is, is big on like lycanthropy stuff, like loves werewolves. So um, so for me going into this, like I was hoping to enjoy it, but my biggest fear was actually the MCUification of it. Yeah. I wanted it to be a horror thing and not another MCU, like another thing through the eyes of the MCU where they couldn't break away from that. And this is this is very non-MCU. Yes, there are a couple of jokey jokes in here, but anybody who's truly a fan of horror knows that a good joke in a horror movie... Serves a purpose. Serves a purpose. Like A lot of great horror movies will contain little moments of levity to help break tension. And, uh, and that's what it's mostly used for here. Um, there, there's like maybe one or two moments where I'm like, okay, that's a little bit on the Marvel side. Um, and I'm not even gonna say I fully agree with every, everything that the movie, uh, that this uh, special did. Um, there's actually a big, I have a big fucking sore spot on one of the characters in the special that we'll get into when we get into, when we get into it. I, I do too, but we might have a different gripe. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but all in all, I highly enjoyed this, um, uh, um, and, um, I'm kind of hoping, um, I, I will go ahead and, and drop one spoiler. Um, that's not like a spoiler spoiler. It's just a confirmation of something right now. I don't see how this would tie into the greater MCU. I don't think it will. Yeah. I'd like outside of like may, maybe one or two characters popping up in the background of a, uh, for a cameo. Yeah. Like, you know, in the, in the same way that like, you know. Uh, how the duck showed up in the end in, in Endgame, I don't see it going beyond that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking as well. Like, I don't think this is gonna be a pivotal thing. Like, so if you're if you are watching all the MCU to get everything, um, like I've exhaustively done now at this point, after I realized how much I missed when we did our MCU uh, tier list, mm-hmm. um, I'm like, hey, you know, this you, you could skip this, um, but some of these characters are very near and dear to me. Uh, all in all, I highly enjoyed it. Which, you know, um, that's fair. I mean, like if if they if they ever come out with a fucking Heroes for Hire short, I'm gonna watch that <laughs> as well. You goddamn well should. 
Um, but getting into our, our typical uh, breakdowns, um, because once again, this is actually the most... Um, like all people uh, say that Sam Raimi was the first person to truly break a lot of the Marvel mo- uh, mold. And while there's a lot in Madness that is very, very Raimi, um, a lot of Raimi, a lot of uh, Madness looks like anybody could have shot it. Yeah. Um, except for the things that were just explicitly um, very Evil Dead looking. Um, this uh, and I don't. I I know uh, Michael uh, Giacchino Giacano. I think I think it's Giacano is how you pronounce it. Um, I I know of his work as a composer. Uh, dude is an extremely prolific composer. Man is fucking busy. But I'd never seen anything he directed before. Um, and so I have no style guide to base off of like what Giacchino uh, 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 does. Um, but getting into like, uh, how the movie looks, um, uh, I do kind of wish that I'd watch, uh, we watched it on our, our, our big screen TV. Uh, I have a smaller TV that's a higher definition 4k TV. I kind of wish I'd watch it on that because this movie is like big on its saturation of blacks <laughs> and, uh, I think it would look better on that TV, but I thought it looked really cool and it had a really interesting Style like Pat says, it's very like pulp noir. Yeah, like very. Um, also, also it's, it's black and white. Yeah, the movie is in black and white, um, um, with like seeming like some type of filter over it to put in like you know scratches and film burn as well. Yeah, to make uh, it look more like an old, a really old horror movie. Yeah, I, 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 I got really, I, I, I jumped a little bit when I saw the fucking cigar burns. Yeah. That that made me really happy. Um, cause the movie draws like most strongly from like fifties horror, which is, uh, which is often pretty campy, uh, but it's not slasher gory like, horror. Like, like old, you think like of. old hammer films almost. Yeah. Um, this is, this is almost Abbott and Costello, uh, but it's very like, um, uh, Frankenstein or, uh, uh, the creature from the black lagoon, that style of horror where often like the plot is kind of happening in the foreground and uh, and the 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 creature isn't necessarily like a maliciously evil thing. It's just something that's kind of happening in the background that interacts with the plot every once in a, uh, once in a while. Um, and so often throughout this movie, they play with that um, visually, where the foreground and the background are almost two separate moving pieces. Yeah. Um, this movie is filled with like long one takes, uh, with with, with oneers. Um, and uh, and everything is like extremely deliberate in this movie, and it looks so. Um, uh, I really really like the style of this movie. Um, uh, I I wish we could. I, I hope we can we continue to see more things like this, where Marvel can take a break from making everything look like a Marvel movie and let them let like a director make something a little bit more silly like this. Yeah. Now we we say it's in black and white. There is one notable. Uh, thing in the movie that is in color, um, which, like you know, keeping to a theme that like you know I like when they did it in in Love and Thunder, where the only things lit up in color were fucking magic. Yes. Um, I mean the Shadow Realm in, in Love and Thunder in general is like one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah. Um. See, but that that's so that's vi- visually, it is it it, it 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 definitely you know earn, earns it earns its points there. Um, moving on to, uh, sound, like, uh, you, you're definitely the, you're, de- you'll definitely be the one here for music, is... Um, 
no joke, me and Monica actually paused the movie a couple of times to literally be like, oh my god, I can't fucking believe this score. Um, um, it, once again, if you're very familiar with old tropes and, like, old, uh, old movies, um, this movie, like, pops at all the moment it's supposed to, and the score builds the tension when it's supposed to, and it goes full camp when it's supposed to. There are sections in this movie where, um, the score is almost like an overwhelming piece of the, of the content, um, and, uh, like, I would have to, like, stifle a chuckle at, like, how much cornier, um, they were clearly trying to make a moment, uh, to enhance it, um, and I found the score to be absolutely delightful. I know that Pat has the, the rule of, like, if you can hum it, I probably can't hum any of the tracks in this, I would probably recognize them if I listened to them again, um, but it's also, like, once again, you had your composer for a director, if you're... If the background music um, isn't fucking hopping, like, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, there, there was only, like, one big moment where I, I kind of noticed the the soundtrack, or the, the score, rather. Um, and that was uh, for Jack's first uh, transformation. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the big... That's uh, the big one. Like, right, right, right when it's happening. Yeah. That's when it has that very cornball kind of, like... American it, Werewolf it, in it, London. Well, for, it, it, it gave me flashbacks to the to the old, you know, Wolfman, you know, movies. Yes. Um, so I that that was one of the moment I was like, uh, well, that was one of the moments my me and my I had to pause it and be like, I can't fucking believe this fucking score right now. Yeah. I was I was very pleased with it. Um. All right. So mo- moving on from sound to okay, but I do want to uh, speak speak sorry. one other thing on the sound though. Um. So as much as they took time to make uh, the movie filmically look very old, and with the score, the score has this very retro feel to it. Um, they couldn't help but use the highest quality digital um, audio capture they could. Everything sounds way too clean in this movie for me. <laughs> like everything's like the the sound quality is so high. When that actually works, it's one of the things, few things that works in contrast to everything else in the movie. Yeah. Because they went so strongly retro with everything else, when everyone is talking and it is perfectly clear, and it's none of that like wah 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 that you would get with a lot of like like old movies, where like you can hear like uh, where the where the audio clips are cut in for the movie, where like you'll get like that moment right before an actor talks and it's just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like Pat knows what I'm talking about. Like, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I will say that like that was a, a, a note I had about it because um, uh, we're fucking at home. Like we weren't at like a movie theater. Like I could turn up the loud uh, the volume as loud as I clearly wanted to be and have subtitles on and still like be able to enjoy everything. Um, so something like that's gonna stick out to me a lot more. Um, it's not really a problem. It's just one of the things that like. Uh, my brain definitely like clocked it when I'm like, man, everybody sounds so fucking good, and I've seen so many movies where they don't. I mean, hell, even think of like one of the most classic uh, horror audios um, in uh, horror fil- film uh, history, which is "They're Coming to Get You, Clarice" from the beginning of like Night of the Living Dead. Think of like how crunchy that audio is. Yeah, <laughs> like. They're coming to get you, Clarice. That is or, not or that a, dude's voice acting. Or a night that, that, is that the, just like think of like th- think of like any old like uh, Vincent Price movie. 
Yeah. Like, you know, that 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 sound like yeah, Vincent Price sounds amazing because he's Vincent Price, but the sound quality of that mic <laughs> compared to modern dives is terrible. Yes. Um so that, that I just wanted to bring that up. Um that uh for for horror that was just really clean. Alright, moving on to uh writing. Uh writing. This is a like you said, this is like almost as pulp as you can get. Yeah. For me personally. Um like this is not a hard concept. This this is a this is a one this this, this did, like yeah, this, this is, is adventure. a one shot. This yeah. is a one shot adventure. Yes. Um Hell, I could almost like I, if I didn't have Pat like uh, watch this, I probably could have done this uh, as a game. Be like, hey guys, you want to play a Halloween game? Yeah, I uh, had everybody play Blood Hunters, um, and run this. Well, like, I, I I wasn't even necessarily going on like you know one a one shot adventure. This feels like a this could be a one shot comic. Oh yeah, yeah. one shot comic as well. Um, like the Savage World things was still in fresh in my head. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but like this this reads like you know okay. I picked up a I picked up a, a, a uh, one comic floppy, and it was just a cover of like you know Werewolf by Night, and I was like, all right, I'm, I'll get it. It was like in the dollar bin at my at my local comic book store, and you read through it, and it's literally this this movie. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's to its detriment at all. No, no. Like that. What, like what, some some of my favorite comics are one shots. Yeah. This the. Uh, because once again with that fifty-five minute um, uh, time, yeah. this feels like it get it does its story and it gets out. Nothing's lingering. You don't have unanswered questions. Uh, and 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 because it's not trying to uh, define and give a full explanation of every little thing you see, it makes the world. It helps the world feel lived in. Yes. Like that's 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 also that's part of how. Uh, how uh, Star Wars, you know, worked originally. Like, they just hit you. With, they hit you with proper nouns and just told the story, and you're you just. It felt like the world worked. Yeah, um, and sometimes that doesn't work. There's a lot of examples where that doesn't work. We're just yeah. you hit by proper nouns. But this, but this one does. Yes. Um. Even if even if you're like, well, how come we don't know about monsters in MCU? Uh, they reference monsters in the MCU all the time. Uh, there's Clearly, a, there's a Minotaur in Comartage. Like clearly, clearly, like those things, like you know, those things inspired the lore that you know. Just just because they didn't have proof they existed or whatever, doesn't mean they didn't running around. And also that they even make a, a very clear point in the beginning of this to point out that like um, monsters are secret and these hunters are secret. Yeah, and that's really all you need to know. Um, but now, the, the 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 boilerplate story of the of the of the movie is that there's this monster hunter who died, um, and his you know, fortune is his treasure is being left to um, some to one of one of his hunter friends. They have they they came together for his wake viewing, reading of a will, whatever whatever what have you. His uh, his Five Nights at Freddy animatronic showdown. Yeah, <laughs> and they're competing to get his treasure. Um, like uh. You know, ninety percent of the uh, of of the of the hunters are people you don't know. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, you know. Oh, it, it, let me take the back. If you're an average MCU fan, I guarantee you don't know any of these people. If you <laughs> if you are a comic book fan, you've probably heard of at least two of the names before. Yeah. Um. 
Let's see. Uh, but yeah, un, unfo- unfolds from there. Some people, some people get got. At some point, our main character come becomes a wolf man. Yeah, that's not a spoiler. It's literally the title. Yeah. By night, he becomes a werewolf. Yeah. Um. Uh. But to be fair, um. I will say, like, I'll go ahead and uh, drop this. Once again, not really a spoiler. Um, Jack is a deuteragonist. Yes. Um, uh, he he, sh- he shared, he, there is a different character introduced who kind of has the arc of the of the movie. Yes. Uh, that I will hold off for until spo- uh, till we get into some more spoiler territory because yeah. we're getting pretty close to it anyway. But, um, uh, because I didn't, I didn't know they were going to be in the movie. And once again, I popped for the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very excited. Uh, I popped for the character. I I wasn't thrilled about their portrayal. I wasn't either. That's the character I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, then yeah, we're then we're there. Okay. We're, we're 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 more together than I thought. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, um. Yeah. So as far as the story goes, like I said, there's not a whole lot they can mess up. Um. And I like that it's it's, it's as clean as it is. Um. Uh. I, I want to shift for a moment and talk about She-Hulk because this is something I don't know if Patrick knows that happened in the last episode, uh, but it, it's going to make sense in the context of what we're talking about here. So, once again, She-Hulk is a thing that should have been mostly skippable unless, like, you know, like obviously it's all connected, finger quotes, blah, 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 but in the last episode of She-Hulk, they dropped something that is an extreme game-changer in Marvel, and I don't hear enough people talking about it, because I don't know if enough people were paying attention to it. Um, in a line um, in the last episode, uh, at one point, um, there are a couple people in court in the show called Attorney at Law. Um, and one of them is trying, to, and one lawyer is trying to get access to a guy whose business is making superhero suits. Okay. And, um, and in the like process. He's suing the guy? Yes. I'm not, I'm not going into characters and stuff like that. I'm, I'm okay. Because uh, uh, this could be spoilers for She-Hulk. Um, but, yeah, somebody is suing a guy who makes superpower suits to get his clientele list to see if any of those other clientele have had any type of issue with his suits. And the uh, the lawyer who is defending him drops this. The Sokovia Accords have been repealed, so therefore uh, citizens are allowed to, be, uh, to take up vigilantism so um, giving up his cor- uh, giving up his clientele list would be an invasion of privacy to uh, the people who have their suits. Okay, that's game changing in the MCU. If the Sokovia Accords, which have fueled most of the back end of like uh, Phase Two and Three and all of that, like that being what broke up the Avengers and everything else, um, and this is why all of a sudden it's cooled. Because otherwise, otherwise it's been weird seeing just people pop up with powers and the government's not stepping in to do anything about it. Well, if we, like, we don't know when they were repealed. Um, True, but, I mean, but as anybody who's been watching some of the newer stuff, um, like, it's been a pretty common thing to see people with powers or suits or something like that just kind of wandering the world and nobody saying anything. Well, now I mean, we do the, know that the, the, the Accords have been repealed. Well, I mean, the Sokovia Accords, they're not, they're not like the Superhero Registration Act. From from civil, from the Civil War comic, the Sokovia Corps just stated where, where the Avengers could and could not operate. It was uh, it was powered individuals. It it was it was a lot like it was more like the uh, the uh, the Superhero Registration Act. You did have to like if if you were found out to be operating with powers, um, 
you could be like in direct violation of the Sokovia Accords. They they talk they even talk about it in the Netflix series. Uh, it's actually an issue in like Jessica Jones. Okay. When, when uh with like her mother and stuff like that. Like I'm also trying to think of who in who in the MCU still still is bothering with a secret identity outside of Daredevil. Uh, we're getting more and more people now. Okay. Yeah. Um, because like all the all the Avengers were were out. Yes. Well, Spider Man. The government knew who he was. Shield knew who he was. That's true. Um, like the like the even like the super registration act didn't say you had to didn't didn't say you had to hold a press conference and reveal yourself to the world. Even though yes, in the comics he literally did that. But Peter Peter makes a lot of bad decisions. I love him. Yeah, but he makes a lot of bad it, decisions. It just says the government has to know who you are. Yeah. Um, but that is still a major thing inside the MCU. Yeah, yeah, in the MCU, yes, big deal. Um, and they just dropped it out of nowhere, and I was like, "That's a game changer." They didn't do anything like this in in Where Up a Night. I'm very, very glad for it. Like I said, it's a very hand waved of just like, yeah, outside, these guys were secret. Outside of like, you know, they tell you that they're secret, and outside of like a silhouette shot of the Avengers, that which seems to only be there just so to let you know that it's in the MCU. Yeah. Um. So uh, acting. Um. This is horror, and this is like an homage to 50s horror. A lot of this is campy as fuck. Yeah. Like, I think... It's hard to take a lot of it seriously because yeah. it's so campy. Yeah, I, I don't... I don't know... There are some characters like, you know... Jack himself... I don't think was giving a particularly great performance. But... But you at least know what he was thinking all the time. Yeah, and you always knew where he was at. Um, like his character, he, he's a bit more of a. He's a. Emily, I know nothing about Jack Russell's character, um, so I'm I, I'm trying to get a I, I'm trying to use this movie to get a beat on him. Yeah, and, and that, that's the thing. That's all you should. Yeah, like a, a good adaptation would have you go. Okay, I know what all the I need to know about it because I've seen him in this. Yeah. You don't need to have other so like I, And based on this, I wouldn't call him a superhero. He's just kind of a guy who bumbles into stuff. He's just a guy who's trying to do some good. Yeah. He's, 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 just, he's there to he, just to help somebody out. Yeah. Like, you know, he's not on, like, some epic crusade or anything. No. Um, he just wants to do some good breaking. Yeah, he, he, just, he just got in over his head quickly. Um, everyone else, except for the other deuteragonist, um, is giving a super cornball, yeah. you know, performance. Oh, they're eat, they're, like, I'm, there are no props left in this movie. No, they ate the whole damn thing. <laughs> they, uh, everyone collectively just picked up everything and ate that scenery. Yeah. Um. I was all about it. There, there was, uh, only one, only one person I think, uh, I was like, he just kind of fades into the background, um, and that was uh, Daniel Watts' uh, portrayal. Uh, he played uh, the the Black Hunter. Yeah. Um, that I kept. I, I was. I don't. I, I was. I was, I was like, just just say he's from Wakanda. Just say he's just some guy from Wakanda. You <laughs> don't need to be. You don't need to be in the royal family. Just somebody. I don't. I don't know why I want all black people to be from Wakanda. <laughs> Because Wakanda forever. Yeah. And because we're like uh, three weeks out from... Because uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're like a fucking uh, a cunt hairs away from Wakanda forever. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, aside from uh, aside from that, I thought, I thought everybody did fine. 
Uh, I, I do have some issues with uh, the Deuteragonist yeah. portrayal, but I, I, the actor did clearly what was called for in the script. Oh, no. The the actor, I have no problems about, about the actor of yeah. what they did. My problem is the way that character was written, who they were yes. for this short. Yes, that that I had problems. So like, um, um, but like what they're asked to do, what they were asked to like show, all of that crystal clear. Um, the only other issue would be like the only people that are kind of taking it seriously are the two protagonists. Yeah, and everyone else is like, and even then, Jack is still like. Um, he's in a cage at one point, and the performance he's giving, I'm surprised that the that he couldn't just escape from the cage because he's eating that scenery. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, also, so it, also, also <laughs> the the actor uh, 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 Gail uh, Bernal who plays Jack is a very very slight skinny man. It looked like he probably could have squeezed through those bars if he really wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> but um. But yeah, so it ultimately ends up falling to like only one character is actually taking this movie seriously, um, which does stand out significantly in contrast to everyone else. I don't. It's still hard for me to say if I think that was a mistake or not. Uh, even a day later, from because uh, uh, I, I saw it last night, uh, Pat saw it pretty much right before he came over here, and we're talking about it. Yeah. Um. Because uh, it, it definitely. But even then, like because of what the character's supposed to be going through, they're supposed to be separate from everyone. That's kind of the point of their character. And having all the actors going one direction and them going the other uh, helps to, to sell that. But I don't know if that even, you know, sometimes something can be thematically perfect, but still not feel good. Yeah. And I'm still not certain if I think that feels good or not. Um, but other than that, I think that's that's everything we've, we've gotten to before we just break this thing down. Yeah, I mean, uh, basically our, our, our final verdict for the for the movie Spoiler free, um, worth worth at least one watch. Um, hey, and that's from Pat. From Pat being the non horror person at all, that's that's high praise. Yeah. Um, oh, one one other one other bit. I, I, I did I did feel the need to critique. Okay. Um, that is uh, the the direction of the of the few action scenes there were. Um, like there is a there is a uh, a couple hand to hand fights that were just. They seem to be going a bit slow. Um, some of the prop designs, some things obviously look like props. Like there's a uh, one of the guys, one of the uh, hunters carries an axe, and it just it looks like something that was pulled from a Power Ranger set. <laughs> um, the other bit when you actually get the werewolf, uh, you know, sequence. Um, Think uh, uh, they they could they could have choreographed his, him him going after people a bit better, because um, I it looked like he he only maybe killed like two people out and that would have that was like by accident. Everyone else he just kind of pushed over. Uh, I I do have some thoughts about that. Me and Monica discussed that uh, pretty heavily at length after the movie was over, especially with Monica being uh, the big werewolf film person that she is. Um, but uh, we'll talk about that when we get to spoilers. Uh, I actually, speaking of the prop, that's actually what I also was about to be like, oh, yeah, I was going to say that um, we didn't talk about any of the prop work or, or special effects, stuff like that, um, which normally we do. We do. Um, this movie is, like, so practical that I was taken aback by it. 
Like yeah, it looked like everything was was real, if not completely, uh, you know, authentic. Yeah, and there's one there's one person in this movie that I didn't expect to see done so practically. And if they if, if somebody tries to tell me that that the person uh, that this thing had a lot of CGI on it, I would be deeply surprised. It looked like it was a it, real it, physical thing. He looks. I know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. He looked like he was a good bit CGI. Some of the details. But most of him looked like there was a there was a a person there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I no, I would I would accept that. Like obviously, like in the in the same way that like Thanos was, you know, yeah, was like there there was a person there um, who was wearing a big old suit. Um, but yeah, they they CGI some of the detail. Yeah, that's that's what I thought when I was looking. At it. I was like that. I was like, yeah, obviously, you, you're, there's probably some blending and stuff going on in there, um, because uh, like when people talk about CGI, like. Uh, if you ever get a chance, like watch. Uh, now I will say because it's in black and white. Yeah, that helps. That that helps make it look real more. Yes. Um, uh, but if you ever want to like like see like some people who really talk about this, like uh, uh, Quarter Digital, they do like a Quarter Crew. They'll talk about like how you only ever see bad CGI when it's obviously bad. So much stuff is CGI nowadays that you things that you wouldn't even consider to be CGI are yeah. often CGI. Um, so that being the case, like. Yeah, I could probably see that this thing probably did have some CGI blending. Probably everything does because that's how most movies are made nowadays. It just kind of give everything a little more of an unreal look to it. Um, and your mileage may vary on that, but this thing looked very, very good for me. Seeing something like the uh, the guy's axe, um, knowing what what genre we were in, when I saw that the stuff that looked cheap and bad. Um, I I use that that to me is more of a selling point for the thing. Yeah, and even then, that's that's, that's it's not something I'm necessarily counting against the movie. It's just I, I went now, I went to make mention of it. Uh, but I will say that the the choreography, I actually liked the hand to hand fight. I will say yes, I can understand why you'd say it's a bit a bit slow. Um, but like, the hand to hand slot, it wasn't as it wasn't as slow as like Bright Samurai Soul, but <laughs> it it definitely it definitely felt like they were doing a, a rehearsal. More than the more than it more than this being the actual we're gonna we're gonna film this. Yeah, um, to me. To now, that, me, that being said, the choreographic choreography itself, I did not think was was bad for that sequence. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, there's, no, there's a moment where like somebody kind of like um, kips up on like putting their back onto a ledge and then propping up off of that ledge. Um, after kind of having been, been like knocked down, because like the, the the grounding that they're on is like uneven. uneven a lot of it's yeah. like, yeah. Uh, I actually was like, that's a really sweet move. I like that move a lot. Um, but uh, but to me, it was more of a like uh, uh, this isn't like a kung fu like heavy martial arts action piece. This is supposed to be like two hunters where any strike could be the last. That's kind of like how it felt to me. I can understand when when even even when you're in Marvel, you're gonna expect like. Full on fucking action all the time. Yeah, but to me, I was just like, that's why I'm, I'm like, eh. for what it was, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Moving into spoiler, uh, spo- uh, and and my review is obviously like, I highly enjoyed it. I think if you're an old school horror fan, or if you're a new school horror, horror fan, um, uh, it's corny, but it should be. It's clearly yeah. what they're going for. Um, people who are like, it's so bloody and gory. Um, once again, people said that about uh, Multiverse of Madness, and was it that was it that gory? Some people said like, "Oh, they're surprised at how far they took it," and um, particularly for that la- that last sequence. I mean, there were, there were more body parts flying around in Endgame. 
<laughs> kind of, yeah. Um, um, I, I'd also heard like tales like this is going to be like the goriest thing. Like they're it's almost R rated. Nah, it's, it's not at all. Um, so uh, Pat, once again, it's also very very gore averse. I could see this getting an R rating for gore because there there is people get cut. You do see blood flowing. Like there is blood splatter in this movie. Yeah, but is very. I guess partly because it's so fucking cheesy anyway. Yeah. It it's it doesn't really for me it it, it didn't it didn't hit me. Um now that being said, not all triggers are universal. Right. Um so what didn't trigger me might trigger uh, someone in the in the audience. Yeah. Um but I was just saying that that is definitely a thing for you. Like uh, uh I I have I, I have overstepped the line um, on more occasions than I ever should have in our friendship with Pat on Gore, thinking that something would be fine for him and it yeah. ended up not being. Um, uh, because my tolerance is just almost like complete, so high it's almost non-existent. Um, and uh, but yeah, I, so I, so me personally, I was like, oh, I don't really think there was anything all that crazy in this movie compared to some of the other things in the MCU. Anyway, it probably was on the higher end, but I don't know. I just. Uh, it didn't. It wasn't affecting me like that. Um, right. but I highly enjoyed. I mean, it. I, I saw Captain America fling a shield full force into a man's throat. Uh, <laughs> you compare this to the fucking, you know, a little bit of goop came out of a guy. <laughs> um. So that said, let's hop into spoiler territory. This is your spoiler warning that we are gonna like prop the movie up uh, and uh, dissect it. Um. You know. Uh. Take take a fine tooth comb. Find all the ticks. Eat those ticks. Yep. Um, so you've been warned. All right. So we open up and like, like I said, we have that silhouette shot of, uh, the Avengers to let, let you know that we're in the MCU. Yes. Um, and then it quickly pans away that there is an unknown world of hunters and monsters. And, uh, one of the clans of hunters, the Bloodstone clan, uh, you know, the, the, my first ding, uh, when, when I heard <laughs> that name. Yeah. Um, you know, who have the myth, the mythical bloodstone. Also, it keeps showing the ancestors, and they just look like the old art of the Belmonts. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's like the old the the bloodstone founder. It's like that is Simon. I I know Simon when I see him. Like that is the that is the old school artwork of Castlevania One, where he looks like a barbarian guy with a whip. Yes. Yeah. Uh. But uh, they say that the current patriarch of the clan, Ulysses Bloodstone, has died, and he is bequeathing his bloodstone, which is said to weaken monsters. Um, I don't know what all it does uh, technically. It, in the it MCU. seems to do a lot. <laughs> uh, in the in the comics, it does a shit ton. Yeah. Um, uh, in the com- in the comics, it gives you like regeneration. It gives you a healing factor. Gives you super strength, super durability. Um, gives you a shit ton of stuff. Um. See, and so the, the they introduce these hunters, and this is also where we introduce uh, our perspective character, Jack Russell, though they never name him. They call him Jack. They, ha- they call him Jack, they never name him Russell. Yeah. Um, like, uh, also, like, you know, he, he, uh, when we first see him, he's he's got this, like, weird white makeup on, which I have no idea what the hell the deal is with it. So... My take from what I from what I'm watching, this is what I came to understood when he was in the cave with Elsa. That while he does, because um, in the comics Jack has control over his werewolf. 
Yeah. Like, like it doesn't take... It, it gets there eventually. Present day, if, if you were running to Jack, Jack Russell in the comics, um, he uses his werewolf nature to help out when he can. Uh, because he has control over it. More yeah. like... Uh, kind of like Big like, like Big B in uh, Fables. Um, and... Uh, uh, but in this, clearly he does not have control over it. It seems like it's kind of like a shamanistic, mythical, mystical way... To like help suppress his werewolf side, even though he still will go off and hide during the like full moon. Um, he like the way he so- talked about because he talks about like having techniques and stuff like that. I think that that's part of it. Yeah. I think of it. It's part of like suppressing the wolf spirit that's inside of him. Yeah, very um, possible. It, it almost it's felt- not fully explained. I don't think it necessarily needed to. It just it ultimately just kind of gave him a unique look. Yeah. Uh, especially with the white standing out very starkly in this black and white setting. It's just not knowing what that is. Yeah. Like, you know, it, like it almost it with that with no prior with no prior knowledge it almost looked like he was, you know, appropriating something. Yeah. And you you, you don't you don't want to you don't want to fall in that if if it's not in, if it's not intentional. Yeah, very true. Um, he also had an accent that I just didn't know what he was quite going for. For all I know, that's Gale's actually actual accent. Yes. I have no idea. Um, it's not Jack Russell's accent. Jack Ru- like if, if you couldn't tell by that fucking name, he's like, American. He's, he's just kind of like an like a classic American. Um, now there was a uh, a Latina man who who took up the mantle after Jack did because um, there's there are two werewolf by nights. Uh, Jake Gomez. Yeah. Um, and you could, like, I guess if you were racist, assume he has a, a thicker accent to something else. Doesn't necessarily have to, but, um, I thought maybe, hey, maybe they're drawing inspiration. Maybe they're kind of combining elements from both the characters. I don't know Jake Gomez at all. All the, com- all the World by Night comics I've ever read were Jack. Yeah. Uh, you know, just to, like, you know, if you ever go to the World by Night Wikipedia, um, Jack Russell has, like, you know, about 12 paragraphs. For publication history, Jake Gomez has won. Yeah, that's not surprising. Um, but uh, but like they 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 drench uh Jack in a lot of like mystique to the other hunters like um. Now that being said, all of these hunters is their first time meeting. Yeah, it does state that. Um, like they they all they all knew Ulysses uh, separately. Um, and uh, but even then, amongst all of them, Jack seems to be kind of this like rare treat. Like from the get go, they all seem to ha- kind of have some type of feeling about him. Um, they do kind of establish that he he definitely separates himself from them, almost from the get go. Um, and uh, and then um, as like people are settling into the meeting area, we're introduced to our our uh, deuteragonist, um, Elsa Bloodstone. Say it to be the. The I daughter. guess daughter of uh, she's Ulysses. The, she's the daughter of Ulysses. Um, this is where we get our first shot of Elsa Bloodstone, which when I heard that name, I popped. Yes. Um, I was it, like, "What the? F- why is this a Werewolf by Night show? Why isn't this why is an Elsa show? Bloodstone show? Yes, that features Werewolf by Night, right? Because um, Elsa Bloodstone. I'm just gonna just but well, before we even get into her, what I had in my mind was Elsa from the comics. Yes. Uh, the hard drinking, hard fighting, uh, you know, just dynamo of a woman who fucking dual wheels rifles and carries the bloodstone and hunts hunts monsters of any shape and size, be it a fairy, be it a fucking kaiju, she will hunt it. Yes. 
Um, Handily. Like, you know, the, she, she, pow, she pals around with, like, Blade and shit. Um, no. Blade's Blade more, pals Blade's around more famous. with her. <laughs> Blade's more famous. Blade pals around with her. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, like, but, legitimately, no joke. I might have said this on the mic before, but no joke. Elsa Bloodstone is one of the most powerful physical combatants in all of Marvel. And she does not get the credit for it because she doesn't want the credit for it. Yeah. Uh, everyone else just knows not to give her the heat. She, she is very much a show up, raise hell, leave. Yes. Um, like you know, she 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 would she would be she would be Piccolo if Piccolo never raised a child. Um, but the other th- the the big comparison a lot of people make to Elsa Bloodstone is she's very Buffy Summers like. Yeah. Uh, very quick witted, very quick with a joke. Also, just not afraid of anything. No. Um, like Elsa shows up, takes immediate control because she doesn't need a debriefing. She's already done the debriefing herself. You're just bought, you're just uh, wasting her time with whatever you're trying to tell her and, uh, goes in there, spits some one-liners, kicks something's ass and gets out. And the next wave comic, it was established. She was fighting werewolves with a spoon, um, at two years old. Um, like Elsa is ridiculously strong. So yeah. So, uh, so they say Elsa's here, and I was expecting it to be like fucking, you know, like like Undertaker walking into WrestleMania almost. Um, it is not. I, I do want. I have one more Elsa story just in case uh, you need something to help found her to the rest of the MCU, uh, to the, to the Marvel universe anyway. Um, Frankencastle. Everybody, uh, everybody who knows any, uh, knows little bits of Marvel probably has heard at the time that. Um, uh, Wolverine's son, uh, Dakon, Dakin, 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 um, sliced Frank Castle up into little pieces, and then his pieces were gathered and rebuilt into what was Frankencastle. Now, I don't know if people have ever actually read that comic. I did. Um, the premise is ridiculous and was made fun of very heavily at the time for being ridiculous. The comic is so much better than its uh, premise, and it has no right to be. It has no right to be as good as it is. But Frank basically is taken to like the island of monsters, um, where he's there with like Morbius and a bunch of other like famous uh, Marvel horror characters, um, and it kind of gives them a moment to shine as Frank comes in to kind of help them out. Um, and at the end of it, he's rewarded by Elsa giving him the Bloodstone, um, which, as I just told you, has a whole bunch of magical fuck ass crazy properties. Um, None of which are ever fully explained. Apparently, during Secret Wars, at one point, she just takes off her glove and starts shooting energy bolts out of it. Claims that because she has um, Bloodstone, like, her family has had to control the stones for so long that even though she didn't even have the stone with her, she was able to shoot blasts out of it and just go, like, I can just do that. And then no one questioned it. And then she hasn't done it since. Yeah. But she gave Frank that Bloodstone to put into his body... Um, which um, the power of it, combined with the fact that he was an undead creature, was going to turn him into a fucking crazy berserker. So they dropped him off on an island in the middle of nowhere for like a, like a year or two years, where Frank could fully regenerate his body and put him at top peak physical game, um, where he would be fully alive again, but super fucking powerful. The most powerful Frank has ever been, probably stronger than he was with the war machine armor. Elsa came in, not having her bloodstone, and proceeds to beat seven shades of shit out of Frank Castle 
It's not even a fair fight. She just walks in there, beats the hell out of him, goes, give me that shit out your heart, rips open his chest, and takes it. Like, she wasn't trying to kill him, was she? No, she was there to get it out of him because okay. it was uh, because it had overtaken his mind. She was there because he was fully healed. Oh, okay. Um... You know, but it was in his heart, and she had to cut it out of there. But but it, but he would have but he would have healed the sucking chest wound. Yes, he from it being ripped out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, like, so if I'm you're like say, how, Elsa, Elsa, I doubt I doubt your your qualities as a medical professional. So if you're like, how strong is he? Well, think of like if the Punisher had a more powerful ver- uh, powerful of Captain America super soldier serum, where he's outpacing Cap. And then Elsa comes in and handily, without any uh, effort at all on her part, was able to just defeat Cap, um, who was going for the kill with every single attack. That's what level she's on. Yeah. That's what I expected when I saw, oh shit, Elsa Bloodstone just walked in. Yeah, that is not who we got. That's not who we got. Uh, We didn't get funny, witty, Buffy Summers Elsa. No, we got like, we got like season one member of the Scooby gang, uh, you know, uh, a per- person from, uh, from Buffy. Yeah. Um, so she is just a daughter of Ulysses who just came to get the bloodstone, but she like left the family cause reasons. Oh, she clearly didn't like her father or his methods. Yeah. But it also doesn't say why the fuck she wants the bloodstone. Uh, I mean, it's not unheard of for, for protagonist or for, for characters to story say, Hey, that is my blood, right? Even if I don't want anything to do with my family, like, like, because uh, clearly she did believe in monster hunting to some degree, because she yeah. she admits that like what they do is like an important service. She just didn't like how her father and his compatriots yeah, went about. Her, her 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 family might just be assholes. I grant you. Yes. Um, but like, you know, if if it was if 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 she had just stated like, you know, oh, okay, I I I don't I don't think they should have it. Um, well, she does say that later, but it, yeah. it, it doesn't say that, like, it doesn't really tell you that that's why she came. Cause also she's like, you know, she's like weathering fucking verbal abuse from her mom as she's getting through the fucking door. Yeah. Um, which I kept waiting on her to like, you know, rip her mother's jaw out and beat her with it. Cause it's supposed to be Elsa goddamn bloodstone. Um, now, that being said, like I said, I don't I don't fault the actress for any of this portrayal. Or anything yeah, like. that's not her. She fault. clearly she clearly was doing the job that she was hired to do. Yeah, um, it was just this was not what I expected was to see Elsa Bloodstone. Um, for one, like there are moments where she's uh, where she's the only person in this horror special that actually has horror in her. Like everyone else is kind of like confident hunters. Yeah, who have like who are uh, you know jaded and have been through the shit. Like, um, and like, Jack, really... like, like all the other hunters are, are you know, old hat at it. Jack is a fucking werewolf. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to, like, the moments of, like, the person cowering and, like, not knowing exactly what to do next, it's usually Elsa in this in this short. Uh, now, to that be fair, she clearly has the bravery to, like, overcome those moments. Um, so this, 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 you know, you can always think of this as an Elsa very early in her career. I mean, I literally told you a moment where her father dropped her into a pit with a werewolf and a spoon and she killed him at two years old. That kind of tells you even in the comics, the guy was an asshole. Yeah. Um, um, and she mentions that like, it was mentioned that she was trained by her father before she finally, uh, got away from him. Um, it was just like. Once again, I didn't expect... This wasn't the character I would expect that of. Um, but with the, the limited cast and the limited amount of time we had, somebody had to be somebody who was 
kind of experiencing it all through like we're we as the audience are experiencing it through their eyes. They just chose Elsa Bloodstone to be that character. Yeah. Um. The, the all all I'll say there is just you know, this is Elsa pretty much in name only. Yeah. Um. So uh. So like I said, my this, my, uh, my other my other critique um that uh and this is minor um and that is the actress who plays Elsa's brunette. Uh, Elsa's typically a redhead. Yeah. And that being said, Marvel's cup runneth over with redheads, so I'm I'm fine with them changing it. Yeah, uh, we were actually talking about this when we were doing the race swapping episode about like uh, uh, the strong erasure of people in comics, uh, particularly of uh, redheads. Yeah. But to be fair, Elsa was not played by a black woman. Yeah. Which apparently, uh, I didn't notice until Pat pointed that out. It was just like, yeah, redheads, uh, red habits in comics get taken. Uh, yeah, they, they, they keep get, they keep getting taken over by black folks in live action. Um, uh, so you know, you know, uh, you know Heimdall, uh, 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 well, the whole, all the West, you know, all all the all the West, uh, Jimmy Olsen, uh, Heimdall, again, yeah, uh, little Heimdall. Yeah, Axel. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, what, what was his name? Yeah, um, I didn't know. I said I said Heimdall twice. You did. Um, that's cool. Uh, both the Gordons. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it happens. Whatever. Oh, and, and arguably MJ. Ooh. Oh yeah. I didn't think about that. Um. So. Uh, so yeah. Um. That that that's in the hero there. Um. For the role she's doing in this, and if you don't know anything about Elsa, all of that's fine. Yeah, um, this is only a only an issue because I, I'm I, I I too am cursed with horrible knowledge. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, but uh, they they pretty quickly like oh before before I was gonna say I was about to just skip over the one of the most ridiculous parts in this whole short, which is Ulysses had himself turned into an animatronic. Yeah. So that they could pop his coffin lid open and he could explain the rules to them. And he does it. At the end of it, he compliments his wife. And I have to know. Because um, there's a lot of unanswered questions in this because there are a lot of important questions uh, to be asked. Except for by insane people. And I'm insane. So I want to know this. Did she... Had, had she heard... This like because if, if any of the any, any part of that suit had malfunctioned, like um, the whole fucking um, reading of the will, as it were, would have just gone to complete shit. Yeah. So like, did somebody else come in and test it out to make sure everything was working? Because otherwise, that might have been like the seventh time he'd complimented her that day. And at that point, I'm gonna have to assume she was in the room with him when he made the recording and was making sure that she got her compliment. M- maybe. <laughs> I got. I gotta believe that that like maybe there was like a record player somewhere off to the side, and they were playing that, and they just he just they were just operating the animatronic, you know. So he was just lip syncing him with his with his with his message. Full like, puppeteering. Yeah, like 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 a like a like a uh, uh, like a Chuck like a Chuck E. Cheese animatronic. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, whatever horrifies you more. Yeah. Um, but from there, uh, they're told that they're, that uh, a monster they've never seen before has been unleashed on the grounds, and uh, it will have the bloodstone on it. And whoever kills it, uh, they get the, they get they they get the bloodstone. Yes, and the bloodstone will empower and enrage it. 
So this will uh, this new monster they don't have any background on. Um, they'll have to just you know kill without any type of prep. Yeah, and they have and no weapons are allowed. All the weapons that are there are the stuff you find in the in the grounds. Yes, which feels unfair because uh, uh, only one of our uh, protagonists finds a weapon that wasn't already taken. <laughs> uh, but to be fair, I guess he does find the best one. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, Jack finds a bomb. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think they they let folks in based on how many monsters they had killed. Yes. Um, Jack is the only one stated to have like over 100. Yes. Like the closest to him is like uh, 50. Yeah. Um, so Jack was like by far the highest. Uh, so he gets led into the in the grounds first. He is uh, heralded by a flaming tuba. Um, oh, Monica lost her shit for the flaming tuba. <laughs> uh, thank you for bringing it up. I would have forgotten, but yeah. yes. Um, but I will say that like as soon as Jack gets into the grounds, you immediately realize that something is at, uh, something strange is at play because he's not walking through like he's hunting something. He immediately takes this kind of like uh, this searching, but like. Uh, like he doesn't want to be spotted either, kind of like yeah. a tactic. Like uh, you would almost think that he like, uh, while he's not nervous to be there, like he's clearly making himself small and like, um, he looks like a person looking for their cat. Yeah. Um. See. So, yeah, uh. So they eventually all the hunters get into the uh, into the grounds. Um. One of uh, one of them, you know, find one of them finds an axe. You know, one of them finds a wrist crossbow and I forget what the Asian guy found. I forgot too. Yeah. I think he found the, the rope claw. Yes. Yeah. That's what he found. And then the woman who looks suspiciously like David Bowie. <laughs> I think she had like a mace or a mace or a flail or something. Yeah. Um, and you know, Elsa as well. Uh, she is also there. Yeah. She doesn't um, find anything. Yeah. Um, see Jack gets attacked by axe guy. Um, but he manages to get away. He explicitly tells him, like, hey, I don't want to fight you. Yeah. Because they were told that they could fight each other. Uh, and he just straight up tells the guy, like, like um, he wa- he does spot Elsa as well, and they just kind of keep their distance and walk away from each other. They they don't exchange any words, like, but they both get the vibe, like, hey, let's not fuck with each other. Yeah. Um, and then when he sees the axe guy, he explicitly tells the axe guy, like, hey, let's not. Um, axe guy wasn't listening. Um, but Jack runs off. Yeah, he manages to get away from the axe guy. Axe guy eventually finds, uh... Elsa. Elsa. Uh, this is... Though I think the first one that Elsa fights is the, uh, Asian guy. No, she, uh, cause she, 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 cause she comes in with the axe. Yeah. Fights the Asian right. guy and then, uh, loses the axe and then, like, kind of, like, stealth kills him in the ground. Yeah. Um, a lot of the stuff in the, in the, in the, in the maze is just... Fights happen. Yeah, and and it's if we're seeing like disoriented, it's it's a maze. The whole, the whole thing is is shot to be, to be disorienting. Yeah, so um, like so you as the audience never know where where they are either. Even though most likely there's probably one set, they're just moving it around a bunch. Yeah. Um. Eventually, uh, the the next big uh, narrative point is uh, Jack finding the monster that they're hunting, which is uh, Man Thing. And I was so happy. Yeah, I was. I. 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 I, I love. I love when Man Thing shows up. Um, yes. Um. Now, 
Um, the most cynical part of me was like, okay, um, please let Man Thing just be, uh, uh, just be Ted. Don't let him. Don't 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 make Man Thing the guardian of the multiverse. Yeah, which is what he is. Yeah, don't don't make him complicated. Don't 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 make him Swamp Thing. Make him Groot. Yeah, um, I I like Man Thing a lot. I like Man Thing like horror comics. Um, so for anyone who's never read one of them, I'll give you a quick breakdown of it. All Man- that knows fear burns at the Man Thing's touch. Yes, but this is how all Man Thing comics work out. Um. You, uh, Man Thing is living in the swamps of Louis of Louisiana. Um, a uh, a character representing um, socio political commentary wanders into town. Um, uh, a character representing anti commentary to that, like big business or a corrupt politician or a racist, what have you, um, has problems with social commentary. Character Man Thing has been stalking social commentary character because he just likes them for some reason, uh, because he's barely sentient. Um, and But he is very friendly. But extremely friendly. And uh, and then when uh, evil anti-commentary thing comes in to slow the, the, the works of progress, um, Man-Thing jumps out, scares the piss out of them, and uh, uh, when Man-Thing experiences uh, a creature that... It, uh, that is giving off fear, uh, fear mist. Um, he goes into a rage where uh, his touch will um, dissolve your body. Yeah, and uh, and he will then grab the person and then dissolve them, and uh, and then the person who is social commentary will be like, "Wow, you're not you're not a monster after all," and uh, and give him a little kiss on the cheek. Um, man or woman doesn't matter. Man, thing ain't got uh, cheeks. <laughs> he's got tendrils. Yeah, <laughs> give him a little kiss on the tendrils, and uh, and then wander off, never to be seen again. That is all Man Thing comics. There's a reason why there is not a recurring Man Thing comic. Yeah, uh, then he, they, he does occasionally show up in other other folk stuff. He like he's he's. I mean, he's he did a, eventually become the guardian of the multiverse. Well, he became the guardian of the multiverse. Also, he's a uh, recurring element in. Uh, he, he was a recurring element in Jason Aaron's Avengers run. Like him, he he was teamed up with a uh, with Blade while he was a he was an Avenger. Yeah. Um, he also he also like you know became cool like you know wood armor for Blade so that Blade could survive in space. Uh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So um, because most horror is usually a social political commentary, we, we also learned there that Silver Surfer knows fear. <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing thing to squeeze in! Thank you. I was just gonna say, yeah, because most com- most horror typically has a socio political commentary to it. Man Thing just kind of like cuts it down to its most core elements. Yeah, and I, that's what I always love about Man Thing comics. Um, and like, uh, I didn't know. I only recently discovered that Man Thing has has stepped out um, uh, and been used in other th- other things, and I'm totally fine with that. Um, but the thing is, I I also love Swamp Thing. I've read a lot of Swamp Thing comics. Um, but the, but man and swamp, like Ted and Alec are very different enemy entities to me, even though clearly they're both kind of a shameless ripoff of each other. Yeah. Um, and I uh, only, only brought up swamp thing because, uh, the, the two get compared a lot. Yes. As well as, I mean, there's a lot of reason that they should be. They're both, they're both plant controlling swamp dwellers with thing in their name. Yes. 
Uh, actually, they're both also like biological, like eco scientists who were studying in Louisiana. Got hit by a bunch of chemicals, fell into the swamp water. The bodies combined with the swamp water, and that turned them into the ecological, uh, uh, you know, swamp-based creature that they are. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. But like, Alec is a full talking consciousness. Person. Yeah. Uh, consciousness with wants, dreams, and desires. Man thing is basically a dog, he, at, at best. But like, um, but he's but the thing is, he's an empath. Like he's walking empathy. So it's kind of like whatever man thing thinks like you should be doing is probably the thing that's the good thing for mankind. That's why he's always on the the side of the person of the socio political commentary. Is because like he's empathetic and he knows like what is good for people. And uh, and he just wants people to be happy, even though he's a horror monster. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's I just wanted to break that down real quick for anybody who wasn't aware of the character. Like the the covers of a Man Thing comic make Man Thing way scarier than he is. Yes, he's mostly just like a. You're not wrong saying he's a dog. He's mostly just like a little dog that kind of hangs out until it finds somebody it likes and then just kind of follows him around for a little while. Yeah. So uh, seeing him here, that's the purpose he served. Uh, he, he has the, he has the thing, the bloodstone on that's supposed to be enraging him, and he's not enraged. He's mostly just kind of sad that he got grabbed and is being made to do this. Which I really want to know how. (laughs) Fucking how. (laughs) Um, but yeah, he, he, he got, he, he got caught and he, and it's, it's, it is weakening, weakening him. Yes. Um, like, uh, which is probably why he doesn't just turn into plant matter and disappear. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jack finds him and he's like, all right, Hey, I, I got, I got a bomb. I'm going to blow open a wall so you can get out. Um, and that, that is, that is their plan. Um, they get separated, but he doesn't, but he doesn't know like the best place to do it yet. Yeah. They, he's looking for a, like an outside wall. Yeah. Um, along the way he comes across, uh, Elsa again, um, while, while he is fleeing a different hunter, I think he's. Uh, fleeing the David Bowie lady. Yeah, and uh, and he wanders into uh, the Bloodstone Crypt. Yes, where apparently it locks from the inside. Elsa was in there because she got cut by the axe, um, and uh, is trying to like uh, heal herself. She's doing a bad job at it. Well, which I mean, I was... also also resting because you know fighting's exhausting. Yes, um, I did take a little bit of umbrage of the fact that it was like, well, she's supposed to be trained by her father. Uh, I get that she's not that. Who knows how long ago that was, but the fact that she's like apparently very bad at dressing her own wounds. Yeah. It was a little bit like, ah, oh, come on. Once again, this is not the Elsa we know. Yes. But also, like, I just still would have liked to have been like, she doesn't have to be the Elsa we know, but like, competence goes a long way. At and... least, at least as competent as the other hunters would have yes. been nice. Uh, I mean, she defeats, she does defeat two of them. Yeah. Um,. I mean, not without like uh, some some work to show for it, but I mean, she did defeat two of them. Also, one one other critique: she she has a fight against uh, Axeman. Um, and if I could give one critique to Marvel, and that is just to all of the uh, women fight scenes, uh, it was fine when Black Widow did it. I have had enough of the split leg jump at man, spin around him to to defeat him. Uh, I I will never grow tired of this. Uh, Hurricane Rana's forever. They're not Hurricane Rana's. They're a modified Black Widow version of it. Yeah, uh, like the 
that is not so prolific that everyone... It was fine when, like, you know, the, the cool Russian spy lady did it and just, okay, it, when it was locked to cool Russian spies, do that. So, her, Yelena, fuck, give it to Taskmaster. I don't care. Uh, as long as it's just Red Room people doing it, I don't mind. I don't want to see Elsa doing that, because also it's just... Also, her father wouldn't have trained her for that, for certain. At all. Yeah. Like, no, that's that's not that's not efficient. <laughs> um, it also just, you know, just doesn't fit with, with the... Doesn't fit with the character. Yeah, it, it also didn't fit with, like, once again, also the fighting aesthetic of everything else you see. Yeah, everything else was so meat and potatoes. Um, yeah. It, like, that was just... Be, because that was the only thing that had all that extra flair on it, it stood out. Yeah. I'll say it also stood out to me when she did it. Um... Uh, but, but anyway, um, yeah, she, they, she talks they, to Jack they, for a yeah, little while. Yeah, they get while. to meet up and they have a conversation. Yeah, um, they, they, they bond a tiny bit, but, um, something Jack says reminds her that, like, one of her aunts was crazy and thought that she was going to come back to life, and so she needed to have her keys on her, uh, when that happens. So, Elsa punches out the glass bottom, or the glass side of the coffins, and just starts digging her aunt out. Yeah, um, piece by piece. But like the fact that the coffins, like that, the glass piece that you see that has their name and like dates and stuff like that, uh, like who they were, is like breakable and goes right into the coffin. I'm like, that's not a well preserved coffin. No. Um, like it, it just it, it was just a very weird thing. Once again, but it's one of those things. It's like it's so weird. It's like. Fuck it, I guess rich, crazy people would do this. Well, I'm not rich and crazy. Um, I mean, you ain't, yeah, you ain't got you ain't got fucking you know stuffed heads mounting your wall. Shut up, leave me alone. Those are those are monsters. Really? Is <laughs> 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 that um, the hill you want to die on, Jerry? <laughs> uh, I don't want to die uh, on a hill. I want to die inside the tomb. Mm-hmm. Uh. Like, but like for me, it, it didn't jump out of me because because probably because it just it was felt more along the lines of the corny kitschy flavor that they were, they were going yeah, for. Yeah, because I mean, she pulls out the body and the bones are covered in fucking cobwebs. Yeah, why would there be cobwebs in there? Well, it's not very well sealed. Clearly, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, but she gets the keys to get out, and they agree to go their separate ways. Uh, uh, but she, she, uh, though Jack does tell her, uh, about man thing, um, and tells her like, Hey, if you help me get out, I'll let you have the bloodstone. It, I don't want it. Yeah. Uh, also just, you know, he's not going to attack you. Just be nice to him. Call him Ted. Yeah. Call him his name. Um, yeah, she, she meets up with man, with man thing, uh, around the time when he finds an, a, a crack in an outer wall. Yes. Um, he fumbles the bag repeatedly. Luckily, this bomb is on the longest timer imaginable. Yeah, he literally walks out and uh, like as they're like kind of finishing up their plans, and he's like, "I don't know, how do you even activate this thing?" And then he literally turns it on. Yeah, so they have to scramble. Yeah, and uh, you know, as opposed to like a grenade, which has like a second or two charge, this one has like a five minute charge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's long enough for him to run from the mausoleum to the outer wall, put it on the outer wall, drop it, it put it back. Drop, Drop it, it in, um, and finally slip it into a crack. Yeah. Uh, but if it that he does blow the wall out, Man Thing runs out. Uh, uh, Elsa snatches the uh, stone, uses the rope claw to snatch the stone off of Man Thing's back. Yes. 
um, and it falls on the ground, and then all the hunters come running. Yeah, all the all the hunters come running, and then Jack reaches down to pick up the bloodstone. I guess he didn't know it weakens monsters. All right, probably he probably thought, well, hey, I'm in human form, maybe it won't have an effect on me. Yeah, because uh, he did. Uh, he mentions that when he's in the cage, that he he still didn't. He still wasn't like a hundred percent certain about everything he could do, because um, uh, just to jump ahead a, a moment. Uh, Elsa tells him like uh, like you know hey like you're gonna kill me, um, and he goes no like the, the, we're five days away from a full moon. She's like, oh it'll uh, the bloodstone will turn you into a werewolf. Believe me. Apparently uh, she's seen it done before. So like yeah clearly he didn't know what all the powers are of uh, the bloodstone. So yeah he just probably didn't think it was gonna have an effect on him like that. Yeah. Uh, but he picked it up. It blasts him like a, across the room and like starts sending him into fits. Uh, everyone sees the bloodstone do that to it. Like, it's supposed to only react to monsters. Oh, he's something. Yeah. Uh, and they tase him, tase him to sleep. Um, and then they tase her to sleep. Yeah, and then they tase Elsa as well. Uh, because, I, yeah, she... Because she helped him. Helped, yeah, she helped... Uh, uh, it's real, which is really strange. It's, it's like, very nebulous what they can prove. Yeah. It's like, all they really saw happen was they saw Jack... They may have seen Jack blow the wall open. They definitely didn't see him blow the wall open. Well, they, or they, they saw they, the wall they, they blown can put, open. They can use context to know that Jack blew the wall open. Yeah. Uh, and they saw Man-Thing run out, and then, you know, her use a rope claw to snatch the damn stone off his back, which seemed to be what every, everybody was going for anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know why they Im- immediately went to, oh, she's a traitor. Unless they had cameras everywhere, which uh, would be a little bit against the style of it, but I guess could technically be the it's possible the case. Um, but either way, they, they assume that she's guilty of uh, cohesion, and uh, so they uh, so they, they, they put sli- her in a cage. They put her in a cage, and they put Jack in the same cage, and like, all right, he'll wolf out, he'll kill her, uh, and then we'll kill him. So they, they have a, l- a little bit more of a bonding moment, uh, a little more character arc stuff uh, happen with them. Um, he uh, jumps all over her to get her scent. Yeah. And uh, so that he will know it after he wolfs out. Yes. Um, then uh, they come in. They, they come in dressed in weird cult robes and iron masks like was, we don't know who they are. It was wonderful. Because <laughs> they're wearing still the outfits they were wearing. Just with like masks and robes on now. Yeah, um, it was great. It's like uh, it was like that moment from like fi- the the original Fire Emblem we got here in the United States, uh, which is like the seventh Fire Emblem, uh, when they're like uh, when Hector, Elliewood, Lynn are like, let's get some costumes, and then you see they just have like a brown cloak over themselves, all of their the, their refinery still seeable under yeah. it. Good, we've gotten costumes. Like beautiful. No, no, no one recognizes in these in these uh you know Groucho Marx mustaches. <laughs> so uh, uh, they do blast him with the uh, the bloodstone, and he tears his way out of the uh, the cell. Because for some reason they know that the bloodstone will turn a werewolf, but they don't know the strength <laughs> of a fucking werewolf. Yeah. Um, like I was expecting them to say like yeah, you know, them to say like you know I don't know the bars are silver or something. I don't know. Yeah, apparently no, no. Uh, he could just he could just reach up and uh, and tear them out. Yeah, just yank them shits. Which once again, I just want to point out, 
The actor himself is a very small and slight man. He <laughs> probably could have squeezed out if just with a concerted effort. So, um, the design of uh, Werewolf by Night. I want to. I want to kind of go over a little bit. Um, it does fit. If you look. If you look at like how he's currently drawn, it doesn't really fit that aesthetic. If you look at like how he was originally drawn, they definitely went with that, which is very Wolfman. Yeah, that was Wolfman. It's not modern werewolf. Yes. Um, so keep that in mind if when you see it. Like it, it, it's it's supposed to be homage to that. Yeah, he does not have like a lupine muzzle or anything like that. No. And um, as my wife pointed out, which is not. Uh, completely dissimilar to what Pat said, um, his choreography as the wolf is very strange. Monica said he looked gorilla-like. I can see that. He was he was reminding me more of um, more of the depictions of a uh, of a uh, beast in the newer X Men movies. Yes. Um, to me personally, my take when I was watching him, um, and this is just my opinion, uh, I personally thought they were going for this is a little dude. Um, a wee wee man. Well, I mean, um, he is little. He is he is visually shorter than the mooks that he's fighting. Yes. Um. Uh. They are going for something that's trying to balance the man and the primal savagery of the beast. So, uh, they're combining like the strength of the wolf, uh, with uh, and its agility with kind of like the more primal. Ape-like, you know, like, you know, humans descending from kind of thing. Like, the primal savagery of that part of the man, and they're kind of, like, combining those two consciousnesses to be, like, that's why he's, like, tearing and, and destroying with his claws, while also kind of, like, running and jumping off walls and shit like that. Like, that, to me, was how what they were kind of going for. I didn't really question it when I was seeing it. When, Mon- when we were done and Monica was like, that was some gorilla shit. <laughs> I was like, I guess, I guess it kind of was, yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, for me, it, it 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 looked it was he fought he fought the way that the movie showed beast fighting. Um, um, saying that, I can also see that for sure. Yeah, um, like a lot of a lot of you know a lot of wire jumps. You know, uh, you know, uses uses the claw. He he has like you know he does like a you know front flip drop kick at one point, which I was like that's that ain't that ain't werewolf behavior. <laughs> um. Um, but, and also it's like very, of like the Baker's dozen guys he goes through, he only claws like maybe three. Yeah. Um, during this entire exchange, a man thing drops in, uh, to rescue, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Jack and, uh, and then together, um, we, we get to see man thing, uh, disintegrate somebody. I was so pleased. Yeah. Um, it's not the first time we see him disintegrate somebody. Uh, but it's like the most gratuitous yeah. shot of it, like where it's clear that's what's happening. Like, uh, bef- like before, uh, at one point he saves, um, he saves uh, Elsa in the maze, and he kind of uh, fries a guy's head. This one, he grabs uh, Elsa's mo- Elsa's mother, and like whole body disintegrates her. Yeah, uh, that's what that that's to me was like. Oh, that's the money shot. Like that's what I was. That's the payoff I was looking for. Um. And then he, he he meets up with uh you know, with uh Jack. Jack and they fuck off out of the movie. Yes. Um, uh, with everyone dead, Elsa is now free to inherit the uh the bloodstone. Except for the butler. Except for the butler who always liked her. <laughs> that dude knew which side his butter was breaded on. Yep. And uh, and I said that intentionally. And uh, yeah, he knew he knew he. he 
He, he knew he knew what was better, a good run or a bad stand. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I I loved that. Now she then she sits with the bloodstone and after and at that point, uh, my second gripe because now the the movie starts to fade into color. Um, my problem isn't that the color. My problem is uh, they gave her this fucking blood crimson jacket. Uh, Elsa in the comics wears a brown long coat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was like, you, you just, you did, you just use the blood, you just use the Elsa Bloodstone name. Like, she, in neither character nor look does she, is she Elsa Bloodstone. Yeah, I also, I wasn't exactly sure, like, how she was going to look until, he, until we saw her, but, um, yeah, I was a little bit uh, saddened with her character design. Now, I will say that, uh, the fade into the color, Pat kind of buried the lead there, uh, she is listening to Somewhere Over the Rainbow, um, which is kind of brilliant. Um, we got like fucking Judy Garland um, crooning uh, "Somewhere Over the Rainbow" as light comes in the world, so that they've left the depression, the depressing era of you know of the horror of the manor into the bright, colorful world where we get to see Jack and Man Thing just hanging out, and you get to see Man Thing in his full glory. Yep. And, uh, um, now they make man thing like way more conscious. He's not, he's not somebody you can have a conversation with. Yeah. And, uh, and this one, like he, his grumbles and grunts are interpreted by Jack. So, which that's, that was another like similarity to, to Groot for to me. Groot. Yes. Um, no, um, even, um, in, in the comics, even like Hank Pym cannot figure out a way to decipher, uh, man things words. Yeah. It's just an impossible thing. Um, he, uh, it's all, it's, it's hard to decipher what his intelligence level is. Like I've heard it described as being super intelligent. Um, but, but he also like communicates in a way that just doesn't make sense to most people. Yeah. So it's hard to really guess what he's at. Um, to be fair though, it could just be Jack might be, um, not all there to himself and is just, you know, this is Jack's interpretation of what's happening, and it doesn't really make any sense. Like, he's just figured out a way that he can talk to this thing, like somebody might talk to their dog or their cat, if they have a particularly screechy cat that, you know, likes to communicate with you. Um, like, that very well could, would be, could be what's actually happening, and they're not actually having a conversation. Yeah, but this is a dog that, like, you know, makes coffee and, uh, you know, will, and will eat sushi with you. Um... Once again, we don't know that's what was actually happening. Now, like he he suggested sushi. Well, we 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 know that Man Thing made him coffee. We we know that Man Thing made him coffee. That is a provable thing. Everything else in that conversation is just pure. Could be pure gibberish. Um, <laughs> and he's just kind of like having fun talking back and forth with him. Um, you can't blame him. I'd have fun talking back and forth with Man Thing. Hell yeah! No, I couldn't blame him at all. And uh, and then we get like a the end. Over the uh, the of the credits, yeah. Um, so now, and that that is that is a uh, werewolf by night. Yeah. Um, so now that we have gone through it, spoiler free. Now we've gone, we picked it apart. Uh, you have anything, anything, anything remaining? No. Um. Um. Uh, th- there's there's no stinger on this. No. Um. Like I said, uh, I don't want Man Thing to be the guardian of the multiverse. Um. Now. I would be down for this to continue as next year's Halloween project. Like, if they did, like, a... Uh, they did, like, anthology series. Because that's actually what they used to be called, was, like, 
You know, yeah, like, Tales of Suspense. The Tales of Suspense series. Tales of Horror. Yeah. So they did something like that and like, hey, next year we get Bloodstone. Um, like officially called that. Or hell, we could get Ghoul. Uh, if you want to get real into the weeds with some Marvel horror. Yeah. Um, uh, like we could do those stories. Uh, I'd be down for that. Uh, um, and then they and they could kind of connect their, themselves. Hell, you, you, could, you could try and bring back, um, what's his name? Um, Morbius. No. Um, that that would be one. But I was trying to think of the, the, the you remember the TV show? I watched one episode. Oh, uh, uh, Hellstrom. Yeah. Hellstrom. Hellstrom, Hellstrom is somebody you could, you could do it. You could do Hell, this. Hell, you could do fucking Dracula. Yeah. You could 100% do Dracula. He's public domain. Um, we could bring in Marvel's Dracula. Now, I mean, to be fair, they, they might use him for the Blade movie. We don't know what that story's going to be. Um, we could have Moon Knight walk in asking where his fucking money is. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, we, we definitely, like, we have that available to us now, which is something I never, you know, like, this is one of those things where, like, I never thought I'd get this. Like, Miss Marvel, once, once we had, like, Age of Ultron, I was kind of like, we'll get to a point we'll get Miss Marvel. I didn't expect to get Miss Marvel and then, like, two months later get Werewolf by Night. Yeah. Like, we can really, truly pull from anywhere. Like, because at this point, um, as much as I love it, uh, as much as I really enjoyed the, the, the movie, at this point, it's literally impossible to, to go to look at any Marvel property and then go, yeah, of course this character can be in there. We have a werewolf by night hour long special. Yeah, <laughs> like, like who is too obscure at this point? If Marvel just the only answer is just Marvel doesn't have the rights to use them yet, um, because like I said, at this point it's literally anybody. You just go, they made a werewolf by night special. Of course we can get this character. Yeah, at I, at this point it's hard to. It's hard to go to your local comic store and look at the wall and find a character from Marvel that has not been in a movie. Yeah. Like either in a movie or a TV show or represented in some way on the on on your on a screen. I mean, uh fuck, at this point we could get a whole goddamn uh full killer show. Yeah. And I wouldn't be uh, 100% surprised anymore. I mean, I, I remember, you know, you know, when when we were like, you know, we, we didn't have a word for it at the time, but when we were in our younger, early twenties, late teen years, we were like fan casting, you know, a, a a Daredevil movie, and we we got we got our Daredevil. Yeah. Like we we got like two, you know literally the actor that we wanted to play Daredevil. We didn't get our Cable, but we got a good one. You mean Deadpool? What I say? Daredevil. I said Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, when we, we literally like Pat literally started collecting comics at the beginning of Cable and Deadpool, and uh, it's like Cable and Deadpool like number two, where he yeah. pulls off the mask and says, "I look like a Sharpay mixed with Ryan Reynolds." And both me and Pat were like, "Oh wow, yeah, Ryan Reynolds would make a really good Deadpool." At that point, like the latest thing he'd been in was like Blade Trinity. Yeah, and we were just like, "Yeah, fuck, uh, fuck this. This is what he should be." Um. And so, like, yes, everybody nowadays loves Ryan Reynolds. We're talking proposal days, yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Um, and we were like, back well, then, like, don't don't over dignify proposal. We're talking Blade Trinity, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like like before this the only, like the only thing I had seen him in was like fucking Van Wilder. Yeah, so which is what everybody knew him for for a long time was that uh was that he was in Van Wilder, but he'd been like he did like a lot of like romantic comedy and stuff like that. How many people have you seen Chaos Theory, huh? I've seen Chaos Theory, have you? Yeah. Uh, um that's how hard up I was for Ryan Reynolds uh back then. So all these people come out of the woodworks now and be like, I'd be gay for Ryan Reynolds, uh, blah, blah, blah. Like, y'all, y'all, y'all dick riding now that he's famous. I was hoeing way before that. He <laughs> was, was on him when he was nothing. Um, the, uh, but yeah, so, you know, getting back to Werewolf by Night. Yeah. Uh, worth a, worth a watch. Um, if you're, if you, you know, already have a Disney Plus prescription, or if you're stealing someone else's, um, give your take an hour and and watch it. Yeah, um, is it gonna like complete your Marvel narrative? Like I said, it's not. Uh, well, I'll admit that straight off the bat. I mean, unless something happens in the future, but right now it's not connected to anything. Um, and the only two things that would be important to the MCU as a whole could potentially be the Bloodstone, and once again, potentially if they take. Um, uh, especially with us being in the multiverse saga, if they take Man Thing to use them in that way, yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't considered like you know how, just how many, how many weird artifacts have been popping up lately. It's like you know you have the you have the Ten Rings, you have Kamala's bracer, um, now you have the Bloodstone, uh, the, the, ebony, the dark the dark hole, the Ebony Blade, Ebon Blade, yeah, yeah. Um, like you know, they, they, I don't know if I don't know if they if they're gonna be related to anything at all, but just odd that, odd that they've all shown up in this phase. Yeah, I mean, what, uh, like I don't think this is setting up for anything like the Infinity Stones were. I don't think it is because um, I honestly don't believe that most of those things were set up to be the Infinity Stones. I think the Cosmic Cube was straight up the Cosmic Cube. Yeah. Uh, I believe I believe the Tesseract was straight up the Cosmic Cube. Yeah, until they just were like, "Fuck, we needed something to be." Because also it was it was introduced like you know with like Shield and Hydra shit. And the cosmic cube is a shield and hydra shit. Yeah. Uh, and and like when you go back and watch those things, like part of your brain can be like, oh, they were setting up for this. But you have to be real careful to make sure that your brain doesn't go. This was an experiment. This was everything here was a huge test of maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. Um, that's why you know sometimes you got things like, hey, in uh, in uh, in Odin's vault, he has an infinity gauntlet. Which doesn't make Complete any sense. Complete with stones. Yeah, doesn't make any fucking sense nowadays. And they and you know obviously Taika Waititi like made the, the point to joke uh, to joke about that, but um, but the old movies are kind of filled with stuff like that. There are there are Easter eggs in old movies for things that eventually did come out and have properties that if you try to look at those Easter eggs now, you realize they were just squeezing in comic references for those that would get it to, for the people that pick apart movies for based off their Easter eggs, uh, and then you're like. But now knowing that those characters have existed in the world, you're like, oh, that that, that thing couldn't couldn't be there now. Yeah, like Iron Iron Man Two has like you know a prototype of Captain America's shield that you know Stark just uses like prop up something. Um, but logically, it's like, why the fuck would that be there? And why would it be painted? Yeah. Uh, why 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 would you have like this piece well, of it, shit? Prop- well, it would be painted because Coulson's a fanboy. Yeah, but like, the, but the one that he's using is like it's also like missing a bunch of yeah, pieces yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but like the, the the ones that that Howard Stark would probably still have um, would probably not be painted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that so that was all the thoughts on Werewolf by Night. Um, I was your host Patrick. 
co-host Jared. Say bye, Jared. I am signing off, Mr. Thrills. Mr. High Thrills. Uh, you found us on uh, SoundCloud or Facebook or Stitcher or uh, anywhere else podcasts are found. Um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. By searching Capricorn Podcasts, which should be the only thing that comes up, I've guaranteed it. Uh, give us a like, give us a comment, give us a follow. Let us know what you uh, thought of World by Night um, or any other uh, MCU. Or let us know what, what type of, uh, you know, uh, MC, what type of Marvel horror character you would like to see in maybe uh, next year's showcase. Um, and with that being said, we will catch you next time. Peace.